0: Welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. Because you deserve a business that doesn't feel like work, one that gives you energy and the resources to do what matters most to you. Whether it's figuring out where to spend your time, how to maximise your profitability or streamlining your processes so things get done quickly and efficiently. My guests and I, we've got you covered. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, Indigenous Mama of Three, fashion-loving sewist, and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well, and do the work to grow and scale your business, your way. Lisa, welcome to Business Your Way, the podcast. Thank you, Sandra. I am so delighted to be here with you today. I am really looking forward to diving into some strategies to help us manage our energy while we are trying to do all the things in the world because we're multi-passionate without compromising the other areas that we've got going on in our life. So before we kind of head down that pathway, I'd love for you to introduce yourself,
1: who you serve, and how you make your moolah. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Lisa Zerotny. I'm the founder of Positively Productive, the host of the Positively Living podcast. I'm a productivity and organizing coach, certified in time and stress management, helping multi-passionate creatives. I use simplicity, self-awareness, and systems to help them boost productivity, balance business and family, all the things you were talking about, and do it simply and sustainably so we can avoid Burnout. And on a personal note, I'm a wife and mom to two kids, two cats, and my love languages definitely involve coffee, Venn diagrams, and speaking in music lyrics. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And how do you make your moolah? I am a productivity coach. I say productivity and organizing because I started as a professional organizer. And I know that our clutter, That we have in our lives is inside and out. And that was the first thing I noticed. The first time I stepped into someone's home to help them with the physical clutter, I was like, oh, it's in your head and your heart. That's where it all is. And if we can figure that part out, we are good to go. And what I say is that the clutter in our lives, the physical clutter, both affects and reflects what's going on inside of us. So I moved from the professional organizing into the productivity and organizing coaching because I know no matter where we are in the world, if you and I talk, we can get to the bottom of what's going on, where the clutter is, releasing that, simplifying what you're doing, finding a path to where you need to go, want to go, and where you can do it the best way for you, which I know resonates so much with you. I mean, business your way. We were just saying before, productivity your way. So it's one-on-one coaching. And that's where I make my moolah. I I help clients one at a time find their own personal life optimization, right? Their personal productivity.
0: Mm. Oh, now you're talking my love language. Like declutter, organize, put things in a place, including the things that are going on in your head. Yeah. I love all <laughs> cool things about that. I'm, I'm a little bit of a neat freak, and you know when I very first started my business, and we had this nice shiny new office, and we came in and we're like had all the pretty desks and all the pretty post-it notes. I'm like, right, this is how it's going to work in the office. These are everyone's filing trays, and they're all going to be the same. And this is what their purpose is, and this is where this lives, and where it's where that lives. I was a bit of a yeah,
1: neat for it. still am, if you ask my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, especially children, because their what I call clutter threshold is decidedly different. You'd be surprised. I'm like, kids, I'm a professional at this. If people saw your rooms, they'd be like, What gives? So I promise you, moms, it's universal. <laughs> yeah. And I
0: was just talking to my son, who's 20, in the car the other day. And I don't even know how this conversation came up, but it was talking about the old toy room in our old house. And I said to him, the only time you kids played in it was when I tidied it, when I put everything back in the boxes that they belonged in, the Lego box, the fluffy toy box, the noisy toy box. Then you'd come in and you'd play with it, make a mess. And then you wouldn't play with it again, or you wouldn't even go into that room again until I tidied it and put everything back in
1: its place again. And he goes, because that's what kids do. But you know what I absolutely love? You're describing this. First of all, it's so universal. Hello. Hi. Raising my hand as a mom. So true. But I've come to realize what a life lesson there is in that, what you just described. You can think to a moment in your space, in your life, whether it's in your office or in a personal space where you've wanted to create and think about that same thing happening. When that space is cleaned up, when things are put back in place, where you know where things are and you're primed to do the thing, to create, to do whatever it is that you're wanting to do, you're ready to go. When it's a hot mess, what happens? Your productivity completely plummets.
0: So how do you help us get from this place of, it's just all too much and I'm really overwhelmed and I wouldn't even know where to start. How does Lisa come in and go, all right, here's what we're gonna do.
1: So the first thing we do is take a nice deep breath. Why don't we do that right now? Because we're probably feeling a little crazy, right? So inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth. And know that it's going to be okay, right? So, the first thing we're going to do is take inventory. And that's one of the first things I have my clients do, in addition to learning more about them through some personality profiling and understanding what's going on in their lives and understanding their values. So, we take everything out of our heads, do a mind sweep like a decluttering of our brains. That's a big one. And I have a worksheet called, I call it the focus file, but it's very much like David Allen getting things done, his mind sweep, or sometimes people will call it a brain dump. So you do that. And and then I also get to know them on a personal level. I want to find out from you, you know, what, what matters to you, right? What are you trying to achieve? What's your mission and your vision? And it's so funny because People expect a productivity coach to be like, okay, let's talk about planners and apps. And are we going to do the Pomodoro technique? And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. We're not going there yet. We'll get there eventually. But the first thing we need to do is figure out all that's going on and then start to declutter. And there's a reason that I go to my roots as an organizer and talk about decluttering because it applies. Inside and outside. There's you you say it, it you, you described it beautifully, in that you know, there's so much going on, right? We're trying to juggle all the things. We need to figure out what it is that we're juggling that maybe needs to be set aside. So we're not juggling it, not right now, or maybe not ever. We need to make some choices and we need to create what I call filters for our lives. So we're gonna work together to figure out what belongs in that space of yours, that space of your life, your business, what you're trying to achieve. And then we can figure out if there are things that are in there that really have no place at all, things that maybe don't have a place for a while that are uh, someday, but are not now. And we go through and we process and we prioritize. Then we can start to get to the different tools and the techniques, the systems and the habits that will help you Develop a process that really works for you to keep those things going and to get toward your goals. I love that so much. It's it's the inner game of
0: getting it all out um, yeah. before we can then start with a clean slate to, to decide what needs to go back in.
1: Yes. Just like when you want to organize a closet, think about it that way. Go to the physical and, and it, it, this will make sense to you. What do you do? The best way to do it is pull everything out, right? And then you're like, "Oh, that's where that was. I haven't seen that in ages." You know. Well, the same thing happens with our to-do list and with what's in our brains and all the ideas that we have. And it's not always that we're so demanded and we have all the obligations. Sometimes it's that we're so excited and we want to do all the things and and develop all the things. And that's wonderful too. That's the multi passionate side. But yeah, we do need to clear it out first and take stock of it.
0: So are you working with individuals or are you working with individuals and their teams to work out how they can operate better as a team to get more things done or to be more efficient
1: with what they're doing as a team? That's a great question. Primarily, I work with solo entrepreneurs because I found that they're the ones or that are uh, probably struggling with this the most because of that feeling or that expectation that they have to do all the things. Mm. So having to do all the things in terms of all the things that I need to do to run my business, right? Then all the things I'd like to be doing, and maybe they're on the cusp of expanding with a team. So I have worked with some team members before. I've also worked with people who are like uh you know co-owners together so that we could understand where they were coming from that they could communicate better and delegate better. But really once you take stock of what it is that you're doing then you can learn how best to delegate what to whom and a lot of times I help uh individuals figure that out. But I I have brought in some team members as well. It's a a great question though. And it's a great point because communication, even in a family unit, if you're talking Mm. about getting organized for the family, that needs to be done as well. So I frequently speak to my clients about how they're going to communicate their needs and to understand the family's values and the family's needs as they move forward with whatever they're doing.
0: Yeah, I really like that all right, if someone says, I'm pretty good with my, you know, systems around how I spend my time, I have I can identify my to-do list, I can block out my calendar, I can do all of this, but I'm exhausted all the time. How does managing your energy contribute to your productivity, you, do they go hand in hand or do we need to think about them separately?
1: I love this question so much because I believe that when we talk about time management, I know we all understand, you know, at least conceptually what that means, but I believe it to be a bit of a misnomer. We are actually managing ourselves, not the time. And with that comes managing priorities, which we just talked about, and managing our energy. So absolutely, Sandra, it goes hand in hand because it's not only about what you need to do and that you have the systems, the processes in place, and even the techniques to do it, but it's understanding when you need to do it and how you will best do it, how you will best show up to do it. So you have... Tasks, projects of a sort that may need more focus time, may need you to be in a longer creative flow, uh, maybe are things that you can do that you don't need to pay that much attention to, cough, cough, social media commenting, right? And so when you understand the different demands of those projects and you understand how you respond to them, I'm going to talk to my introverts for a minute and <laughs> And how much, you know, interacting and peopling, right, (laughs) can be draining, that you need to honor that and understand that maybe you don't do too much of that in a row when you're trying to go toward the official uh, productivity technique of batch processing, right? Because you will drain yourself so much that you will be potentially useless for the rest of the day when you thought that you would then write a blog post or maybe call someone else or, you know, do other things. It's considering what tasks need, what kind of focus from you, what kind of energy from you, and not only what you bring to it, but what those things take from you. Does that make sense? oh that makes perfect sense I've been trying
0: to work with you know what are my external days what are my internal days still yeah. trying to dial that in a lot but uh, it comes down to what you just said is when do I need to expend energy and when do I need to conserve energy and what does that look like so how does someone start to even figure that out for themselves I've got a couple of naturopath business friends, and so they, you know, refer to time and energy and being productive in line with your monthly cycle. So how does someone start to even work out what their energy levels are or whether they're a morning person or a night owl person or a <laughs> this time of the month or not, you know,
1: how does that even, how do we even start to dive into that? I think the first step is awareness, which right now, congratulations, we're talking about this and you have now become aware. This is a thing, right? You don't know what you don't know. So now we're talking about this like, oh, okay, I need to start paying attention to how things affect me. So the first step is really having an awareness for the things you're already doing. So, and think about this in the same line as if you were going to create a budget for yourself. And the first thing they say is to start tracking, right? And it's the same thing they talk about in traditional time management, which I'm absolutely for is to say, where are you spending your time? Where is it going? But not only that, how are you feeling? So it's tracking it. Okay, you just did this project. And then if you are like texting your friend as soon as it's done and saying, that was the worst thing ever, you know, like pay attention to that, make a note of it, journal it. You know, maybe right now you just, you grab a notebook and you start journaling out some of the different things you do or the thing that you lost track of time doing because you loved it so much and make a note that that energizes you, right? Having conversations like this with you, I, I might have been tired before we started, but I don't know now because I, I'm like so jazzed up. So, you know, pay attention to those things. You can also start checking out some amazing like personality quizzes that are out there, like uh, the power of when I am forgetting the name, but the, it's the chronotype concept where you can you can actually take a free quiz and, and learn a little bit about your chronotype, which tells you a bit more about whether you are a morning person or a night person. Again, all of these things you take with a grain of salt, but they sort of edge you toward understanding. When I work with my clients, the first thing I have them do is take Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies quiz, which I love from a productivity standpoint. And also the big five personality quiz, which is similar to Myers-Briggs. And it tells you a little bit about some some elements of whether introvert, extrovert, but it goes further than that. Conscientiousness and openness and neuroticism. And again, it's, on a sliding scale which i think is so important i think that's a stronger way to assess that you can say oh well at this point in time i am 73% extrovert you know what does that say about how i'm showing up and it can give you clues as to whether or not are you liking how you're showing up or like you said or are you saying i'm exhausted all the time what do i need to tweak or oh This says that I'm high on extroversion, but I hardly ever talk to anybody. Maybe I'm missing out on a way to boost my energy. I have a a client that just started with me who's not only doing strategy work with me, but doing my accountability sessions. And she's doing it because she's like off the charts extrovert. And she needs that contact and that connection. And I noticed your eyes light up uh, about Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies. Are you familiar with those?
0: Oh, I'm, I've am i not done it. I've not dived into it, but I've heard about it and I've heard good things about it. And I was listening to an interview that she did and I am put that on my, I must go and you know, delve into that a little bit deeper, but I just haven't yes. had space to at the moment. So I'm like, oh, that you Uh-oh. brought that to the conversation. I'm like, oh, yes, that reminds me. I need to go and... <laughs>
1: Uh, well, I'd be happy to send you the link to the quiz and you can even pop it in the show notes. So everyone you yeah, can, right? yeah, can also do that, that as well. So again, four categories there, the upholder, the obliger, the questioner, and the rebel. And it's really related to your inner and outer expectations and how you show up. Again, it doesn't apply to you as a whole person if if it's if you come out as a rebel it doesn't mean you know you're always rebellious and you're not like a giver like the obliger it doesn't mean any of that but it it does give you clues as to how your inner and outer expectations work what connects you to doing the thing and it really connects well to accountability i'm a questioner so everything needs to make real sense to me internally and if you explain it and it makes sense move out of the way i'm going to get it done <laughs> So it's, a, again, there's lots of quizzes out there, like like the, the, the chronotype quiz, the uh, four tendencies, the big five, uh, or, you know, 16 personalities is a great website that is like, I consider it like the current uh, Myers-Briggs option. You could do the disc profile and you can learn a bit that way about where you're sort of, what categories you're hitting. But most importantly, it's about paying attention to how you're responding, just like you would if you were trying to eat differently and see what food tolerances you have, right? It's the same idea for your time and your energy. So are you
0: open to sharing a bit of how this shows up in your business, how this manifests itself into real action and blocks of time and when you are most productive and least productive on what you do in those blocks of time in your business?
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay. So I do walk my talk. I practice what I preach as much as possible. And I also stumble and fall down and mess up constantly. (laughs) And it's wonderful because that's the brilliant thing about taking imperfect action, isn't it? In that you are taking action and you are learning. It's either a win or a learn. So what I have learned about myself is that I need good sleep. And I recommend this as a productivity coach all the time, anyhow, but I know, especially for me, that when I start to shortchange the sleep, it's not going to work and I need to compensate for that. So when someone says, well, what's one of the first things you do to turn it around when you're feeling sluggish or, or, you know, unproductive or things aren't going well, I'm like, take a nap. And I'm not even joking. And I actually have had a really long day with a few unexpected twists and turns in it. And I could feel my energy draining. And I took a nap before our conversation. <laughs> nice, I like and, that. Right? So, I mean, I give myself that opening. And I think a big part of that, and it's part of what I teach, and it's also what I practice as well, is creating enough open space or what I call buffer space in your calendar that you have transition time between tasks, between people, that you have time to give yourself what you need, whether you're trying to avoid being hangry or you've got to hydrate or you need to rest or you need to just process what just happened. So I use a lot of buffer time and I'm also a huge fan of really simplifying the week by doing theme days. So I would say Wednesdays and Fridays, but Mondays are starting to fill up now. Mondays are administrative and coaching. Wednesdays and Fridays are coaching. Thursdays is all of my podcast batching. And so I do podcast recording for my podcast. I will sometimes, when available, also be a guest uh, record you know, as a guest on podcast as well. And then Tuesdays, I keep open for what I consider overarching self-care for me that could be my own personal appointments it could be coaching sessions for me because coaches need coaches it could be you know time to get a pedicure it could be whatever that means for me so theme days are a huge part of what i do to really simplify and to help i guess help my my brain lock into the intention I'm setting for the day and what I'm going to be doing and not feel like I'm bouncing around so much.
0: And do you find that you do your intention setting at the end of one day for the next day? Or is that the first thing you do at the beginning of each day is like ground in your intentions
1: for the day? Ooh, that's a really good question. It's There's a combination of things. First of all, I do Sunday planning for the week ahead. And I highly recommend that because it does not take long to check and see what your appointments are that you consider sort of your anchor points during the week because you have to show up for those, right? And then figure out what to fill in, where that buffer time is, and be able to you know move the needle forward on the business. So I do that for sure. Then each night, I double check what's happening the next day am I talking to? And sometimes acknowledging that even sets the intention to say, okay, I'm in the you know the mind space, if you will, of it, tomorrow being podcast day and I'm going to be interviewing and I'm going to be doing these things relating to the podcast. Also, I use that as a practical time to set my alarms and all of my reminders and notifications, make sure everything's set so that I'm not distracted by what is coming up. That's that's one of my biggest productivity tips just from a, a practical sense is that we can be so much more present and therefore more productive when we're not constantly looking at the clock and wondering what we think we might be forgetting.
0: I'm one of those people where if it's not on my calendar and my calendar doesn't go ding, you need to do this now, then... Right. It doesn't get done. Like it doesn't happen. Yeah. So if it's not on my calendar, it's not on my radar. And I make sure that my notifications, so I have everything set to 30 minutes Mm -hmm. unless I think I can prep and be ready in 15, you know, so I set my 15 or 30 minute timers according to how much brain time that I will need to tune into that next task or how much Prep time, I might need to tune into that next task. And so that's my buffer time. So even though it says at one o'clock, you're going to be doing this, usually 30 minutes ahead, I'll get a a reminder and I'm like, okay, shut down everything else, open up, be ready. It's that transition time that because I find that I have to switch my brain, I have to Mm -hmm. physically
1: go, right, we're not doing that no more we got about to do this. It's so very true. And as a matter of fact, that concept right there is why this idea of multitasking that we love to talk about is actually debunked because really what our brains are doing is task switching. So the more that we can batch, the more that we can say, this is what I'm doing right now. And I'm going to stay focused on that and then stop the better off we are. It's why the Pomodoro technique works so well in that if you don't want to work too long on something because you're going to get edgy or you're going to need to walk around you set that timer for 25 minutes you focus and you are reminded that no nope, I'm not checking Instagram now hypothetically I'm saying that No. <laughs> yeah that's my weakness you know I'm uh, no I'm not sending that that email right now this is the project that I'm working on right now and when the timer goes off I can do all those other things I can take a break whatever it is but yeah, that's such a good point about um, giving yourself that transition time to prepare. And everything that we've been talking about is all about showing up proactively.
0: Not that I don't get distracted by that social media scroll.
1: <laughs> because I
0: find myself like, if it gets hard, or if I get stuck, or if I just feel as though I'm procrastinating a little bit then up mm-hmm. comes the phone and out goes the scroll so yeah yeah and I, that's only something that I've noticed about myself like recently I'm like oh that's when I pick up my phone is when it gets hard when I get stuck when I actually need to stop and think about it I just what's going on on social media is my <laughs> my procrastination task it's a great observation Yeah. So, yes, that's that's always hard to manage. Okay, let's move into now I want to go into all the practical applications of what you would recommend to help us stay on track during our day and be intentional about how we're spending our time and how we're spending our energy.
1: So, for starters, it, let's go back to what I talked about in the beginning of how, how we would work together and and recommend that you do this. You, you can do the same thing, which is doing your mind sweep. And you could do that, let's say, on a Sunday or Monday, whatever the beginning of the week looks like for you and feels comfortable in enough time to anticipate what's going to happen, right? Having that, what I call, it's not only your uh, prep time, but reflection of what happened the week before. Because we... I will say this one quick thing is that I don't believe we celebrate enough of what we're doing, and our brains love to close a task loop. So here we are, trying to be productive, trying to close the task loops, get the things done. I love that. I'm promoting that. I'm cheering you on. But, but when our brains close the task loop, they love to be like, "I, I don't know what you're talking about." So if I say, "Hey, what did you do last week?" One of your first responses is likely going to be, "I don't, I don't know," <laughs> and so marking it down, right? Which is what we're doing when we're planning is so important to celebrate what we've achieved as well. I just, that was that one little caveat. So as we are reflecting on the week before, what did get done, didn't get done, what you'd love to see differently, what you're excited about, what went right, all the things, then you prep for the week ahead. What do you have going on? You want to get things out of your brain and capture them. So my first practical tip is not only to do the sweep of your brain, but to have dedicated spaces that you capture this information. And it could be on a running like list of notes on your phone or on a dedicated notebook. If there's a dedicated note-taking part of a journal or planner you use, in Trello, you know, whatever. It doesn't, the platform doesn't matter. It's the process that matters. But this is the most important thing. This list that I'm talking about is not your to-do list. It is your to-choose list.
0: That's so good.
1: The (laughs) to-choose list.
0: Let's reframe that to-do list.
1: Right. So with that in mind, you have that list. It's captured. It's out of your brain. You don't have to panic because whatever you thought about, whether it's something you knew you were going to do this week or something that just came to you or something you've been meaning to do or whatever that is taking up precious real estate in your brain will go there and be safe. And then you look at it and you choose. What needs to be done this week? What can be a someday thing? What are like, what was I thinking? You know, like whatever, it doesn't matter because you're going to keep looking at this, but it's your two choose. This is where the power of when best to do it comes into play. This is where thinking about the energy, thinking about the amount of time that you are working with during the week, right? And figuring out what best fits in there in your week. And not only that, but like what it is that you're wanting to accomplish, and if those align. Because we love to put stuff on the list and we love to have things in our brains and ideas that we want to do that don't really match up to our mission and our strategic goals that we have set for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where we get stuck in the busy work. So to avoid the busy work, we're trying to find the things that align, that fit in our schedule, fit with us and how we work, and fit with where we're trying to go that will drive us forward. And it's it's that in-between space that I think is the trickiest for time management because we are great when it comes to, okay, we have a recording scheduled and that is an appointment, but then the, the space in the middle, right? What, what do we do with that? What are we working on? And that's where this planning the to choose list comes into play. You start thinking about your what they call MITs, right? Your most important tasks. Or maybe the one thing by Gary Keller, that's a great example where he's like, well, what's the one thing such that when you do it, it may actually remove other items from your list or, you know what I mean? It may change the scenario completely like, like a big domino knocking many over, you know? So it's, it's, being very intentional and purposeful with what you're placing into those spots and the things that future Sandra will thank you for. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yes.
0: Yeah. I'm always thinking about what my future self will be thankful for. And uh, yeah, what can I do today that will make life better tomorrow?
1: Yep. And the other one, I cannot have a conversation about productivity without mentioning this i don't know if i'm contractually obligated but you'd think it because i can't <laughs> not bring it up and that's that's the 80/20 principle which i absolutely love so uh, the pareto principle 80% of your results will come from 20% of your efforts it's a leveraging technique think about it this way 80% of what you wear is probably about 20% of your closet 80% of your income is probably linked to about 20% of your clients. Sometimes it's 70-30, sometimes it's 90-10. But roughly speaking, this ratio exists in a lot of places. 80% of the volunteer work often comes from 20% of the volunteers. You know, right? You probably, you probably are one of those people who, who's showing up. Well, when you think about that, you're like, oh, in this to choose list, what if I applied the 80-20 rule? And I said, what am I looking for? Just like that big domino and the the one thing concept from Gary Keller. They're all very similar in this regard. You're looking for something where you're like, hmm, there's 20% on this list where if I do those things, they will get me 80% of the way there. How amazing is that? That's another great way to look
0: at the two choose list. Yeah. Is what's going to give me the biggest bang for my buck, if you like? You
1: exactly. Know?
0: Yeah, I love that phrase. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I use that all the time. What's my biggest bang for my buck? Even though there's no exactly. dollars involved, it's still the concept of what's going to move me the furthest with the least amount of work.
1: Well, if you argue the fact that time is money, then I suppose there is. <laughs> True. True. We hadn't thought right. about that before. Yeah. yeah. So, further, fastest. So, yeah. So, having the so processing, Clearing out, having a safe, trusted system to keep this information, having this to choose list, and then pulling out those items that you put in a dedicated space. That's where a calendar is critical. And what's brilliant is none of these things necessarily cost much money, if anything. I maximize Google Calendar like you would not believe. I have multiple calendars that overlap. I can see everything that's going on. Uh, I do have an official calendaring system for my business. Acuity. I happen to like Calendly is also a popular one, and I tie that into my Google Calendar. So I like to track from Google. But Acuity will send me the messages so I know when I'm meeting with a client, when I am doing a podcast recording, all of those things. So things are connected, the systems are connected, but really it can be as simple as a Google Calendar and a notebook. But it's this process of figuring out and having like a main collection of what you need to pull from, and then specifically and intentionally placing these to do items that will move you forward.
0: Being more self-aware of what we're doing, how we're doing it, when we're doing it is half of the battle of improving our productivity or our time management or, you know, all of these labels that we want to put on the I don't have enough time in my day scenario. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Because when you have that, then you can take that process that you're doing, then you can decide, Ooh, do I want to do this in Trello or ClickUp? Do I want to change this over? You know, you can find and tweak, you know, the platforms that you want to use, but I'm actually really hesitant. First of all, I don't work with specific platforms because that goes against the idea that we need to do it our way, right? (laughs) Business your way, you know, so there's that. And then I mean, there are some people that will look at a platform that I've used happily before and are like, I don't get it. I, I felt that way about Asana. Nothing against Asana. I think it's a wonderful platform. But the first time I walked in, I was like, there's a there's a GIF out there of this little toddler going down the hallway and then stopping at the end and his eyes go wide and he turns and he runs the other way. Ah. And <laughs> that's exactly what I was like the first time I went into Asana. And I'm like, nope, not for me. So You'll learn eventually what you need, but I can't stress enough that understanding the process first is what will get you there. And it's especially important if you are trying to reduce that overwhelm and get into that flow because trying to learn another system or another platform, that's going to actually add to your clutter.
0: And we want to have systems that reduce that clutter. So, it's if you're going to move into a system of such to help you with all of the things that you want to be intentional and take from your to choose list, then find a system that works for you, one that works in relation to how your brain ticks, because everyone's brain doesn't tick the same. And so, find a system, you know, find a tool that works for you and how you want to organize those things that we have to get done in the day. Like if we're gonna, if we've got a business, there is a to-do list, there is a to choose list, there is client expectations, there is all of these other things. But I think it's it's how we use our tools to our advantage once we've worked out the things in our head. <laughs>
1: Exactly, exactly. And then from there, you can start to ask the question of, okay, will this work for me or not? As a matter of fact, that's a new series I've started on my podcast in taking different platforms. We started with ClickUp, and I have a fabulous guest expert and vetted ClickUp consultant talking about this platform and helping us kind of understand and compare and contrast because it really isn't for everyone. And so instead of saying, oh, this platform or this tool will fix my productivity and help me be productive it's saying, no, wait, would this be right for me? Uh, Don't insert a learning curve where you don't need one. Definitely get the process set first. And then you can start to figure out, like you said, what may reflect your brain the best, what may be intuitive and functional and, and help you move further from there. So how do we come listen to your podcast? Because
0: now I'm intrigued around listening to those episodes. Where can we find you on your podcast?
1: Well, if you go to positivelyproductive.com, you can find out all about me and how to find me and the podcast. You can also hop on your podcast app that you like to listen to. I am in all the places search for Positively Living. And if you like to play on Instagram at all, (laughs) I have so much fun there. Lots of updates, lots of tips, lots of stress relief, definitely a uh, coffee memes and other fun things. And that's positively underscore Lisa. And I also keep everybody posted on the latest episodes there. So you can see which ones will help you right now. And that's so important that we search out the things that are right for us at the right time. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Right things, right time. Brilliantly. So I'm going to put all of those into the show notes as well. I've Great. had the best time talking to you today and diving into this because, you know, I'm a neat freak. So I like to have all, I like to think about this a lot deeper and be organized in not only what goes on on my paper, what goes on in my head. So, And I probably could spend another hour sitting here talking to you and thinking through all these things, but I want to keep it short and succinct so our our listeners aren't here forever. So thank you for joining me today. It has been a real pleasure.
1: Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. I love talking about this and I'm excited and I hope it inspires.
0: And thank you for joining us here today. I really enjoyed this conversation with Lisa. My biggest takeaway was the to choose list. I'd really love to hear what your takeaway from this episode was. So take a screenshot of the episode, share it on your stories on Instagram, tag me and let me know what your biggest takeaway was. If you want to take this a step further and use a tool that will help keep your to choose list on track and in the right date so you can pay attention to it when you need to and not beforehand, then my favorite system is Monday.com. I've used just about every other project management tool that there is in the marketplace and they all wanted me to adapt to the way that I worked to the way that their system operated. And I just wasn't into that until I met Monday.com. This was a system that allowed me to customize everything about the platform to work in a way that naturally was in tune with the way that I liked to work. The way that I like to lay out my projects and organize them into groups and tag milestones and due dates and people. Monday.com allows me to customize all of it. So now I've got a project management tool that is in tune with the way that I like to run my business and how I like to operate. So if that is appealing to you, then you can go and have a look-see at Monday.com with my affiliate link, which is sandrajulian.co forward slash monday.com. If you want to have a chat with me about how Monday.com can help you and your business, then get on a call with me. Come book a 30-minute coffee chat and let's have a talk about how you want to run your projects, how you want to run your business, and how Monday.com can help you. Again, thanks for joining Lisa and I. I will put all of the links that Lisa mentioned today into the show notes And you can get your hands on those show notes at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. And just one more thing before you leave today. If you really enjoyed today's episode, then hit that subscribe button and get new episodes as soon as they're released every week. And if, like me, you listen on Apple Podcast, then I'd appreciate if you could rate the show and leave a quick review. I will read all the reviews and give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. It would really mean the world to me if you could help me get this podcast in front of other online service business owners so we can all start to run our business our way which allows us to then build the life that we're looking for with the time freedom, financial freedom, and if we desire, location freedom. Well, when COVID, you know, relaxes and our borders open up again. All right, my friends, that is it for another week. I will be back next week with another episode jam-packed with good information on how you can run your business your way.